0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May podcast and boy am I glad to welcome in a an infrequent but extremely skilled co-pilot Bill Bender from The Sporting News. Bill Bender welcome back to the Tim May podcast my man. Hey how's it going? Thanks for having me on. I know all of Pickerington's uh, 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 is a giggle right now knowing that uh, Jack Sawyer's about to embark on his second year at Ohio State, and I know I count you among those, but you you have that cosmopolitan air about you because you cover the nation, not just Pickerington and not just Ohio State football, right?
1: Well, Pickerington's got a couple kids on the team right now. Uh, Jack Sawyer, yeah, right. Sonny Styles, Max Lamonico, a long snapper, who uh, I got to give him a shout-out because he used to ref my son's flag football game, so he had to hear me yell at him and uh, took it in stride. I would. I I would yell at Max. I'm not sure I would yell at Jack or Sonny. Um <laughs> or Ty Hamilton. You wouldn't yell at Ty Hamilton either, really, would you? No, I definitely wouldn't yell at Ty Hamilton. But obviously Pickerington's created a nice little pipeline for Ohio State. And um Max is a great dude. And um hopefully um sends a couple more here. I got I I got a feeling by being around the Pee-Wee football fields around here, you got a couple more on the way.
0: Yeah, it is amazing, man. Once a once a once you get a, a crop going, it just keeps regenerating, doesn't it? I mean, uh, big-time football in the suburbs of, of Columbus, Ohio, and it it's showing out right now in Ohio State, right? Well, not just here, but
1: if you look at it, I mean, Pickerington Central obviously has had success and Pick North. You saw Upper Arlington make a run last yeah. year, and, um, you know, Hilliard's done it in the past, and Dublin has good teams. It's The suburbs have definitely got good to the point where it used to be a rarity that a Central Ohio high school team would get to the state semis because you got to compete with the huge schools in Cleveland and, and Cincinnati. But now it's, I think it's expected, and that only helps what's going on at Ohio State when they can bring in the Central Ohio kids, the kids that have grown up dying watching the Buckeyes, want to play for them, and all those kind of things. It, it yeah. can only help. Yeah, Zach sure. Harrison's another great example.
0: I mean, it was just Absolutely. because he was in the area, he was easier to recruit. Exactly. And by the way, Sonny Styles, you know, I'll just touch on him real quick, man. Yeah. He, as a uh, Ryan day told us the other day during a press conference, you know, he really should be going into his senior year in high school, but I'm telling you, uh, you know, and he said that too, he looks the part, man. He's, uh, he's catching on quickly and, you know, boy, it really makes me feel even older knowing I covered his dad and I covered his dad about 10 years into my stint covering Ohio state football. So that tells you where I am, but, but yeah, I like this Sonny Styles kid, man. And of course, uh, his dad's already got his jersey or or shirt ready for that Notre Dame Ohio State game uh, when it's uh his older son and and Sonny will be on opposite sides of the of the gridiron. But I wanted to ask you this, man. Uh, uh, Bryce, uh, uh, Bryce Young won the Heisman Trophy last year. C.J. Stroud is favored ahead of him right now in some of the betting parlors. Let's just put it that way, right? Uh, and then uh, here's Alabama is number one in both preseason polls, followed by Ohio State. Are are people getting, I don't know, are people getting a little bit of giggle too early in in this situation? Or or do you think we're on a collision course here, Ohio State and Alabama for the national championship and for the competition for the Heisman Trophy?
1: Well, I mean, I'll start with the Heisman. It's it's very rare that, well, it's not rare anymore that you have a guy returning with the Heisman Trophy. And obviously Bryce Young, you know, had an awesome year for the Crimson Tide last year, deserved the honor, one and two. I mean, C.J. Stroud. It's not just something that's going to be this year with those two. It's going to go from yeah. the, the Heisman ceremony to possibly the CFP championship to possibly the first two picks in the NFL draft. And once you're there, much like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, you're linked for the next 10 years. Yes. Um, so, which brings me to the second one. I think Stroud, there's a re- that's the reason he is the favorite is because we saw Archie win it twice. Nobody's done it since. And guys have come back and it's hard. And some of it's fatigue. I mean, I know, you know, he's been around so long, we have to find a new guy. And uh, it's going to be tough for Bryce to win it no matter what he does this year. And as far as the one and two, I mean, this this is a year where I think you can pencil it in lightly. I mean, things can happen along the way. But, I mean, these are the two most loaded rosters. When you look at Sporting News, Big Board, the top 50, you've got 14 guys in our top 50 that are either Alabama or Ohio State players for next year. Um, And that's not even including the underclassmen, the Sonny Stileses and the Jameer Gibbs, those type guys. So it's, I mean, I know we did it with Oklahoma and and USC and then the following year with USC and Texas, but I don't know, Tim, this is one of those years where I think unless something really catastrophic happens to either one of those schools, that's what we're going to end up with at the end of the road.
0: Yeah. You know, and when you look back, I mean, you know, Nick Saban has famously or infamously said... Last year was rebuilding year for the Crimson Tide. Ryan Day has not come out and just flat set it, but it definitely was on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but not only did he rebuild, he's restructured it uh, with a new defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, and two other new defensive coaches on that side. But all these guys, all these young players that, that got all kinds of uh, experience last year are back for Ohio State. And Jim Knowles is the first to tell you, it won't be just his scheme if there's a turnaround. I mean, he really – he really, likes, uh, the, he really likes the roster that he has inherited on that side of the ball. And then you look at Alabama, you can say the same thing. I mean, I can understand where Nick Saban is coming from. He still got beat by Stetson Bennett in the national championship game. Got to, no matter who you got, you know, wow, that happened. But the bottom line is you can see justifiably that these guys were last year building for this year, right? I mean, uh, it sticks out.
1: Well, so Ohio State, first of all, I mean, with the switch in defense and everybody's anxious to see that Anytime It was the first time that I can remember that they got touched up twice in the same season. Oregon touched them up on defense on their defense. I mean, we were there. You and I were in the press box that day and Oregon wasn't doing anything like overly exotic. They were just getting to the edge and uh, it worked all day long. And then Michigan, again, they weren't doing anything they weren't reinventing the playbook. They were giving Hassan Haskins the ball and he was making one cut. And he, before you know it, he was 20 yards down the field. So you add it all up. It's over a 500 yards of offense in those two losses. So yeah, I mean, Jim Knowles, and, and I don't know if we had a counter on it, or if you counted it or one of your guys over there that how many times did Ryan day say edgy or yeah. edgy this off season because oh, yeah. they're angry. They're they not used to that. And Alabama, I'll say this. I know people ruled their eyes at the, rebuilding your thing but think about it like lsu had them in the second half and auburn should have beat them and arkansas went shot for shot with them and georgia obviously manhandled them in the championship game and a lot of that was jamison williams injury but he wasn't wrong in some ways given what they had lost the year before i mean if ohio state loses Jigba, Stroud, and Travion to the draft. In some ways, that next year will feel like a rebuilding year in
0: offense. Yeah, and here's the thing, though: if this this is the demon that Ryan Day has helped build at Ohio State. You know, you know, first working under Urban Meyer and then now, and what Nick Saban has built at Alabama, going back to 2008. Uh, man, they they both had special seasons in a lot of ways last year. But that wasn't good enough you know i mean they were held to a to a, a level that most 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 programs are not georgia's in that realm now you got to figure clemson's fans are upset about the way things went down last year right but there aren't very many oklahoma is going through a oklahoma lost its coach you know to another school you know uh, right. so do you put oklahoma in that realm maybe not but i mean oklahoma's been there a little bit but uh, but really the last 10 years that the teams that have really gotten ascended there and sort of stayed in that realm of they should do it every year Ohio state and Alabama. And that's maybe, maybe giving Ohio state a little bit more credit than maybe it's deserving, especially when you consider what Clemson did, but Clemson does just has this vibe about it that maybe it's a little bit on the wane. I don't know if you agree or not. That doesn't, that doesn't mean they're not going to win the ACC and stuff, but uh but Ohio State is just keeps recruiting at this ridiculous level, and so does Alabama. And you kind of got to live with that demon, right?
1: Well, so I'll say it in this way. So the AP pool, the one, one through 10 is pretty spot on. Across the AP, across, across the coaches, we did ours. It's very similar. I'm sure if you look across the athletic and CBS sports, et cetera, they're all going to have similar top tens. But to me, it's broke up in a couple groups. It's that top three, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. Yeah. That they could win the national title this year. No question. Clemson's interesting to me because I think they could win the ACC. And I think they will. And I think they will go back to the playoffs. But the question becomes, is this the Clemson program that took it to Alabama, not once, but twice in a title game, or is it the Clemson program that, that Ohio state just obliterated a few years ago? Um, You know, and they did, and it it was a, you could see a difference. So, we'll find out if they're still a heavyweight and I'm sure. But then after that is where it gets interesting to me because I get a lot of people tell me, well, Notre Dame's overrated at number five. Well, I don't think they are. I I think they've had five, ten-win seasons. I think Marcus Freeman's done a fantastic job recruiting this, this game against Ohio state will be, I don't know, Tim, I I think it'll be the most watched game of the year. Maybe probably.
0: Probably maybe. I mean mean, bigger than bigger than Alabama, Texas AM, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a well-watched game. (laughs) The other two I think you're right. I think you're right. The the other two would be
1: Alabama AM and Ohio State, Michigan, depending on what Ohio State. If Ohio State and Michigan are 10 and 1 and 10 and one, yeah, they'll but it's week one. It's it's a game we haven't seen since 95. I know you were there the last time. I I tell my buddies this the other night, 95 Notre Dame, Ohio State was on Big Ten Network. I didn't even have the volume on the TV up, but you could hear it. You could yeah. hear it. Like, I was like, Oh my gosh, they must've been going crazy. And uh, um, you know, Eddie George had a big game and it was a lot of turnovers. So I think that passion would be there. But it, the, my point is, if Notre Dame isn't the fifth best country program in the country, then who is? Yeah. Is it A&M? Is it Michigan? Is it Utah? I mean, I think it's Notre Dame. I honestly do, but I think there's a gap between them and that, then than Clemson, then a gap between Clemson and that top three.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I think Notre Dame, I'm, I, I wouldn't call them overrated. I'm curious about them, though, because they did lose a few key guys. And number two, you know, they got beat Oklahoma State in the in the Fiesta Bowl after taking a pretty decent lead in that game. And a lot of people think that's, an, uh, uh, you know, maybe something that mm-hmm. we're going to see again because now here's going to be the Jim Knowles defense. Going against them, well, that was the Jim Knowles defense, but Jim Knowles wasn't there. And of course, Marcus Freeman was still dealing with coaches, you know, who who aren't necessarily at Notre Dame anymore. Although a lot of them stayed over uh, with him, et cetera. But uh, it is, I think Notre Dame is a is a mystery to me uh, to a certain extent going into this game. I think Ohio State, I I I have a not just because I cover them, but I just have a good feel for the players that are going to be in that game and what they bring to the table, you know, and I just think Ohio state being a solid favorite in that game is no quote upset in quote. Uh, you agree, right? I mean, 14 and a half points is a lot. Yeah. And the under the under looks
1: low to me. Cause I think there could be a lot of points both ways. I mean, I've kind of without making a final prediction, I think it could be in that 48 35 type game, wow. maybe worse. Like I think they're both going to put up a lot of points because of the unfamiliarity. Now, I say Notre Dame could score 35 in a way that, you know, I've seen enough Ohio State home games that it would be. Notre Dame's going to have a harder time stopping Ohio State than vice versa, especially with that crowd, the energy, the potential for turnovers. This is Bookner's first, just ridiculous heart. This is a tough start for a kid like him, you know, to be put on the road. But, you know, Anthony Brown did it for Oregon last year. So that, but that that was the thing I noticed from their bull game that they weren't able able to run the ball. If Notre Dame can't – if you can't run the ball at Ohio State and your quarterback isn't lights out at Ohio State, which was the two things Oregon did do, you're in trouble. And you're in trouble against that offense that has so many mismatches all over the place. I know, like I said, I'm looking forward to it, but Notre Dame with that defense, they've got linebackers, they've got a really good safety. Everybody talked about it, Big Ten Media Day, and Brandon Joseph – you, where do you start? I mean, who do you double? It's it, There's a lot of problems that Ohio State's offense can create for the other team, especially if Julian Fleming and Emeka Buka are who we think they're going to be.
0: Yeah, I think Emeka Buka, especially, is what I mean. Yeah, without a doubt, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and then Marvin Harrison Jr., they definitely deserve the pub they're getting. But Emeka Buka, Man, every time you look around, somebody's talking about him. I'm talking about uh, within the team at Ohio State. I think he's ready to surge. I mean, he showed what's coming from the way he returned kickoffs last year. He's got that one cut and go mentality, and that's a wide receiver. He's a pretty big dude too, you know. On top of that, and then Julian Fleming, you know, basically the line is if not this year, win. And he's really fired up too. Said like, you know, basically we're we're talking about, you know, in essence, maybe the deepest. Wide receiver room again in the country there, but I wanted to, I want to touch on this. Isn't it isn't it it's really weird because you know you grow grew up in this area, you you live in this area. Uh, we're talking about the Ohio State area. That the most intriguing thing about this team, the question on everybody's mind is is this defense going to get fixed? Is it going to be is it going to be good enough? You know, and and it's kind of weird to be talking about defense, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a little bit of an homage back to the Woody Hayes days, etc. But but you just, you know, this this feels like 2019 to me when when uh, Ryan Day, his first year as a head coach, brought in Jeff Hafley, his friend from the San Francisco 49ers, made him the defensive coordinator. And boom, they did have an instant turnaround because the 2018 defense was was at times lousy. And this has the same feel to it. I think, I think you agree with me on that, don't you? That you, if you've got the talent on the hand, you can have a pretty much a snap turnaround, can't you?
1: Well, you listen to Coach Day talk about that at Big Ten Media Day when I think Dave Biddle was asking the questions. I, I was pants. This is me paying attention that hopefully, but he was talking about marrying that top 10 offense with the top 10 defense and trying to get back to that 2019 standard. And, you yeah. know, he mentioned over and over again how in spring practice he liked seeing that the guys were flying to the football and there was enthusiasm on that side of the ball and they knew what they were doing. And they're ahead of where they thought they would be with Jim Knowles. And um, I think it comes down, the defensive line has to get more pressure, obviously. You can't have, Ohio State's leading sack guy can't have five sacks. Yeah. got to be up around nine, 10. So whether that's JTT or Zach or Jack Sawyer or someone else, they've got to have that kind of presence. They're going to get more tackles for loss this year. I think that's going to happen. And then, you know, it just comes down to stopping the run and, and, having the run fits be where they're supposed to be and not getting shredded by teams. Because I don't think Ohio state was ever comfortable on the defensive side last year, not even against Penn state or Purdue, or except for maybe that Michigan state game where they just totally dominated the Spartans on both sides. Yeah. For, for 60 minutes and and something that was made you think that they were going to do
0: it the next week. And they didn't. Yeah. That's how weird. That's how weird last year was. Michigan State upsets, really upset Michigan, based on the way that game went, and all of a sudden Kenneth Walker had a Heisman Trophy minute in that fourth quarter, and Michigan State comes back and beats Michigan, and then and then Ohio State thumps Michigan State, and then Michigan beats Ohio State. Explain that to your kids.
1: Right, you know it, it, it is it's college it, football,
0: it, right? Well, and it's it's like
1: 2015 when Ohio State lost to Michigan State, and then they turned around and. I remember being at the media availability and you could hear a pin drop in the Woody Hayes center. And then they go out and then they just smack Michigan around to the point that you thought that team probably would have won the national title if they play like that. Second half of that
0: game was, was one for the books. You're right.
1: Right. So, I mean, and that's where that word edgy comes in again, because I think the other thing that I heard Jackson Smith, Jigba and CJ Stroud talk about a lot was that in 2020, the COVID year, you didn't have the full off season with Mickey Marathi. You didn't have, you know, imagine being a, in Jigba's spot in particular, coming into the program and you're quarantined. Yeah. So he doesn't know his teammates. He doesn't know guys. And then like last year, a little bit different. And, you know, Ohio state's always going to have that standard on them from now and for the foreseeable future, where they're going to be expected to win the big 10 expected to win the national championship. And, you know, sometimes you just don't win every game. And that's yeah. why I think this year makes it interesting because we're expecting them. Most people are expecting them to go 14 and 0, 15 and 0 and go play Alabama. Yeah. And vice versa. Alabama, they're having this exact same conversation with a southern accent down in Tuscaloosa. Yeah.
0: Yes, they are. And Eli Gold, man, uh, get get well soon. You know, speaking of accents, uh, the play-by-play guy for a long time, play-by-play guy for Alabama, that's dealing with some kind of medical condition. But uh, but the bottom line is, you're exactly right. And there's a different vibe about the Ohio around the Ohio State camp right now than there was a year ago. And you know, boy, I thought it was reflected in the in the captains they chose. I mean, Cameron Bab, this long time guy, has de- dealt with four ACL injuries, uh, yet he's named captain because he's one of these perseverance. Guy who's persevered through things. Uh, you got Court Williams, a guy who's not even right now penciled in as a starter as a safety, but his work ethic is off the charts. Same with Cade Stover, you know, the tight end for Ohio State who came in as a defensive end, moved to linebacker. Uh, moved to tight end, moved back to linebacker last year at the end of the year when things got desperate for them. Played extensively in the Rose Bowl. Now he's back at tight end and is ready to rock and roll at tight end. But he's one of those guys, just hardworking dude, always shows up. You know, and then C.J. Stroud, Heisman Trophy finalist. You know, he's also one of the uh, one of the one of the captains, which is interesting. Got more votes than anybody else. And why why shouldn't he? He's the quarterback and he's a record-setting quarterback. And then Tommy Eichenberg, a guy who you know, basically was off the radar almost this time a year ago. I mean, we expect him to play, but he came on at the end of the year, especially in that Rose Bowl, and became a team leader just in the way he rocked and rolled in that second half against Utah and that great come from behind victory by Ohio State. There's just a vibe about guys who've kind of paid their dues and or just a phenom in C.J. Stroud, and I think that's a good leadership group, don't you?
1: Yeah, I mean Eichenberg in particular, you you heard Steel Chambers talking about him and, and the leadership qualities there. Court Williams, another guy that gets after it. Um, I know Cameron Babb, I'm reading all you and the rest of the Ohio State beats tweets about him and and the path that he's come back to get back to where he's at and be a part of that group that is going to put up big numbers. And yeah, of course it, it revolves around a guy like Stroud, who sat around him at Big Ten Media Day probably the most. Um, <laughs> because it again for a guy I think one of the things that made me laugh about him was he he said he was on vacation and and somebody recognized who he was and then it dawns on you that despite the NIL and the awards and everything that these are still college kids and they're they're trying to have fun and he seems like a fun-loving kind of leaderish type and there's no doubt I mean you go all the way back to that Oregon game but he took the brunt of the criticism for that and then he turned it around, had a great season. I don't think he took the brunt of the criticism for the Michigan loss, and he shouldn't because it wasn't on him. Oh, but yeah. um, He got rocked in that game. Yeah, I you know, I, that, you know, how, how you remember Ohio State-Michigan games by one or two players, that'll be the either the Aiden Hutchinson or the Hassan Haskins game. That, yes. That, that's what people will remember about that game. So, you know, that's why Stroud has a chance to come back and do it at Ohio Stadium. I, I think if you're a Buckeyes fan, this, I, I mean, you tell me, this, this has got to be their most exciting home schedule maybe ever. I mean, well, you know, you get Notre Dame-Michigan bookending it, and then you get Wisconsin and Iowa coming in during the season. And Iowa is not a frequent partner anymore and going to be a pretty good team. And Wisconsin, obviously, on September 24th, that's as good as it gets as, as far as if you're a Buckeye season ticket holder this year, this is the year to have
0: them. Yeah, no kidding, man. Clip them off, you know. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. The 1968 Ohio State team played nine regular season games. Ohio State, the 2022 team, is going to play eight home games and four others on the run. It's like an Alabama schedule. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's crazy how many games Alabama has played at home in the last 100 years, but uh, but I digress. Hey, speaking of Alabama, let's move on real quickly. Um, who Who is a team? My, you, can, you can repeat me if you want to. I just think Texas A&M is laying in the weeds, man. Uh, I think there's a collection of talent there that Jimbo's put together the last couple of years, Jimbo Fisher, and plus then that chip on their shoulder they've got now, you know, provided by Nick Saban. Uh, of course, you could say the same thing uh, right. for Alabama going into that game, but I, I don't know. I've just, I've just got a sense if there's somebody's going to come out of the weeds in the SEC, it's going to be Texas A&M. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, that's the most logical challenger with the roster he's compiled through recruiting with, uh, you know, they got to figure out the quarterback position. They've yep. got to have the right guy. They can do that every week, not just how Zach Calzada, who's now at Auburn, did it for one week against Alabama last year, yep. whether it's Max Johnson or Haynes King or um, Connor Wiegman, the freshman, five-star freshman. They've got to be able to do that every week. They do have a stud receiver as a freshman, Evan Stewart. Um, that guy's going to pop right away. Their defense has some talent, especially in the secondary. But, man, they you, you poke—they didn't just poke the bear. They they took a pitchfork at him and, and kept poking him, and and here we go. Because as the way I look at that offseason beef is, yeah, Jimbo won the press conference where he came in and everybody got fired up about it on social media, but I don't think he won that war because – now the pressure's on Texas A&M to go in there and win. And yeah. whereas Nick Saban can, as usual, say what he wants. And he's going to, you know, you've seen their recruiting ever since. It's it's gotten pretty good. So yeah. I, I had that game circled certainly on October 8th. More so, it feels like the year after Johnny Manziel beat them at Bryant-Denny Stadium the next year, and he was suspended. People hated Manziel and Alabama. I remember that game being very polarizing. Like a lot of people wanted Alabama to destroy them, which was weird. And then a lot of people wanted Manziel to light them up again. Um, And nobody got what they wanted because I think it was a 49-42 game that Alabama won.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. But you're right. I mean, uh, the sequel is rarely as good as the original. Um, Although that that was a hell of a shootout. Uh, Who do you see nationally, Bill? You talked, You touched on it a minute ago. If not, Ohio State – in Alabama or Georgia. I go Alabama or Georgia again because clearly Georgia's got talent, but they – have golly, how do you lose that many guys on that defense and be close to what you were a year ago, especially up front? Oh, my goodness. Man, I I swear by the guys up front on any defense. So I, that's why I think Ohio State's going to be a lot better this year. You touched on it earlier. They're going to be better on the front, I do believe. It just feels that way. Uh, but is there anybody that can come out of the weeds – nationally you know obviously I mentioned Texas A&M um is there anybody that's got this you know here's Texas Texas gets the first place vote in the coaches poll are are you kidding me uh they'll be lucky to finish fourth I think in the in the big 12 I don't know what you think but go ahead right I mean Texas is one that's
1: going to get a lot of hype because of the offense and because of Quinn Ewers and because of Bajan Robinson but they also play Alabama in week two I still think Oklahoma is going to be the best team in the big 12, even with Brent Venables, even with the coaching change. um, You know, they've got Dylan Gabriel. They've got a good cast around him. I still like them now nationally. I've got my eye on Utah. I think as a team that we saw what they could do with the Buckeyes last year, they just didn't have, they had a running back playing corner. Yeah. Against arguably the best player in the country in Jackson Smith Jigla. So
0: yeah, but, um, but hey, hey, hey. But remember, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson did not play in that game either. Right. You know, don't, don't go petting our doozy on me here. <laughs> I'm just messing no, with you. I'm saying, <laughs> no, I'm saying, what I'm saying is, oh, no. One,
1: Ohio State going in and winning the game was impressive, but two, the way Utah played them was impressive. Yes. Especially in the first half, they jumped out on them. I think Ohio State, and it's been well documented now, they had the meeting at halftime and and played much better on the defensive side. But that's about Utah hung with them. And I think Utah, if they beat Florida in week one and can win the Pac-12, they could crash the playoff finally. Um, they're a favorite at the Swamp in week one. And, and Florida hasn't lost a home game at the Swamp since 1989. Now, don't go look at the list of teams they've played. But if Utah can get that one, they're very interesting to me. I think and, and the other one, high state's going to win the Big Ten. But Michigan's still their their biggest challenge. I've heard people want to talk up Penn State or Minnesota or Michigan State. Now, Michigan will be their toughest game, and and Michigan is going to be a little bit better than people think.
0: I agree. Hey, last thing, uh, speaking of the Big Ten, the I think the West, you know, the West, the West to me is always intriguing. It has been for years now. To me, it still is. Uh, you know, everybody asks me who I'm liking. Well, I'm, you know, yeah, PJ Fleck. Whether you uh, whether you buy a shtick or not, I don't think it's shtick. I think this guy knows how to build a program, and uh, I, you know, I think, I think, I don't think Minnesota is getting enough shrift. Is that the right? Is that right? The right use of that word? I, I think Minnesota. <laughs> I'm a, is, <laughs> I like that team. What do you think, man? What is the word shrift? Shrift. You know, uh, short shrift. I'm, shrift. Gonna start using, I'm trying to give them more up. shrift instead of short shrift. I'm trying to give them long shrift. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well. Minnesota, I think last year, obviously the game against Ohio state, they lost Muhammad Ibrahim and that exactly. was crushing. They lost all their running backs and he likes to run the ball with two running backs and they've yeah. got a 60 year quarterback in Tanner Morgan. they have got a decent defense. They got really good center by the way, uh, and yeah. Schmidt. So they've got, they've got enough that I think they'll run with Wisconsin and Iowa and Iowa's got a brutal crossover schedule. Cause they got to play the Wolverines and the Buckeyes and, Wisconsin's got to go to the shoe so yep it's you know when I look at the west I look at Wisconsin is Graham Mertz going to come through and then I look at Nebraska as I always do nine losses by nine points or less um can they get it done with uh a new quarterback Casey Thompson new offensive coordinator that go over to Dublin I think they're an interesting team but I'm not going all in on can they win the west I just want to see them can actually win a close
0: game against a ranked opponent. Yeah. Well, you know who won the West in 2020. It was Northwestern. Right. You, do you know who won Either the West year. in 2018? It was Northwestern. Northwestern. Yeah. So the the sign, is that sign or cosine, Uh says it's gonna be Northwestern again. Now I agree with you. I I just like people to hit the just hit the default button when they're asked about the West and go Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, I see I problems. I see problems at Wisconsin. I know maybe others don't, but I uh, just uh, obviously I think offensively they, they could be decent, good running back, good quarterback. Although he kind of came up, you know. But how, you know how do you? The last couple of years it's really hard to judge teams right from a continuity standpoint. But uh, I'm going to stick with my guy Minnesota. But uh, I liked how you threw that early frost warning in there about the West. That was interesting on your part. I, I at times yeah. You know,
1: they should have beat Michigan last year. They just year. couldn't finish. They played Oklahoma tight. They I, – I will say this, Ohio State fans aren't going to want to hear it, but if the ball bounces the other way on Stroud's fumble, there is yeah. a chance Nebraska beats Ohio State. Yeah. But it didn't bounce their way. They, they – I have a good friend that works uh, – his name's Romando Dixon. He works for the Peoria newspaper and for Gannett, and he always likes to say you make your own – you make your own breaks. Nebraska doesn't make make their own breaks. And he was, by the way, congratulations, Gannett editor of the year. So he knows what he's talking about.
0: He knows, yeah, he knows how to edit his comments. I, I see what sure. you're saying there. But you're right. I mean, I think the other thing Nebraska has going for him, and this isn't slamming the guy. It kind of is, but I don't mean it that way. Adrian Martinez has moved on to what Kansas sure. State. And wow, but he had some of the he had some of the great gaffes over the last several years you know, just when Nebraska needed him the most. And, you know, I think a change at quarterback is going to be good no matter who it is. Do you agree? Yeah, I think they needed a change. I mean, the
1: entirety of the Frost tenure has been linked to Adrian Martinez, meaning it's been linked to great plays at times, but inconsistency and turnovers. And with those things, um, I mean, that's why Casey Thompson is very interesting as a quarterback that's going to step in and, Hopefully, you know, figure that out with Mark Whipple. I think they're going to pass like crazy, Tim. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot, and and we'll see if that works
0: out. Hey, last thing I'll let you go. College football playoff final four, as we sit here right now before things have started, before week zero, much less week one. I like that week zero. What does that even mean, right? Why isn't that week one? Um, College football playoff final four, Bill Bender sitting here right now from the sporting news, and I'm not holding you to this. I'm just making interesting – uh, conversation here what's your what not in any order what's your four well I you know I'm not going to break any lens
1: but I we've talked enough about Ohio State and Alabama I think they get there I'm Georgia gets back because I don't know that they'll lose a regular season game and then they could lose that the same thing as last year uh, Alabama and Georgia both go and I like Clemson I, I think Clemson gets back as a bounce back candidate in the ACC um NC State, um, Spencer Holbrook, colleague of yours, really likes them. Yep. And he's not wrong because Devin Leary is going to be really good. They have a ton of returning players. But as I told him, uh, Clemson's won 34 in a row at home. So do you believe that NC State can go in there and win? And if they do, yeah, they'll, they'll be that team too. But I just think Clemson with that defense, they get enough quarterback play. Dabo irritates everybody like he always does. And um, so that, how you would match him up, so Ohio State will play either Georgia or Clemson in the first one, and Alabama will play either Ohio State or, or Clemson in the other one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, we real quick, one bonus question for you. We haven't even brought up USC. Can Lincoln-Riley flip it that quickly at USC? What, what's, your, what's, your, what's your gut telling you? Obviously, Caleb Williams is going to help him. Caleb Williams, uh, you know, he, yin and yang, uh, th- those guys are together in that, re- in that regard. Uh, can USC really spoil the the soup there for you for Utah in the uh, Pac-12 soon to be well, Pac-10?
1: Yeah, I think they can make it real. I, I'll, I'll predict this in Week One. They'll be the team we overreact to the most. Yeah, because they're going to go out and drill rice. Caleb Williams going to throw for a bunch of yards. Jordan Addison's going to make some ridiculous catches. Travis Dye's going to run all over the place. They're probably going to run it up, and we're all going to be like, "Oh my gosh, Lincoln Riley has USC back." So Renaissance, Renaissance. Right, yeah. Easiest wait, week one overreaction that I could probably write right now. Um, they got to play Stanford. They still got to play Utah on the road. They still got to play Notre Dame. So yep. I think they could make the Pac-12 championship game. And I think they would have an outside shot to make the playoff. But I, again, it reminds me of when USC played Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl a few years ago. Yep. That didn't look like a Rose Bowl matchup from the 70s where both teams had equal amount of studs on the field. That looked like Ohio State had all the five-star dudes and Sam Darnold was running for his life. So I think it might take a cycle or two before it's up to that level.
0: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's Bill Bender. That's why he's my capable Uh, co-pilot, intermittent, but as capable a co-pilot as I ever have on this uh, magnificent flying machine. Bill Bender from The Sporting News, thanks for joining the Tim May Podcast again, my man. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. And ladies and gentlemen, until next week, this is Tim May. We'll have a few surprises next week, and we'll see you then. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday.